0: Visit LiveNation.com slash to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Some 41, 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club.
1: What's going on? Welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. And now it's also a new name for this Friday. It's the podcast of Daniel and Daniels for the fans. <laughs> Daniel Sallerson here alongside Antonio Daniels. From Fox Sports New Orleans, television analyst. Do you like the name? I feel like it has a nice ring to it.
0: I like the name, but it needs a hashtag. I told you, anytime you're like a a lawyer firm, you gotta have a hashtag after it that makes it a little more powerful.
1: Didn't I say for the fans? Isn't that oh, like is that the hashtag? yeah? I would say oh,
0: okay. You gotta let that. You gotta let that be known.
1: Instead of for the people, I feel like we're for, the, for fans. the fans. I'm with you.
0: Okay, I'm with that.
1: All right, we're here in New York City as the Pelicans get set to take on the New York Knicks tonight. TNT national broadcast. You can listen to it on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. Antonio is here to observe the team tonight. And of course, we have to start with the breaking news coming from this morning. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN.com reporting that Zion Williamson will miss a period of weeks due to a knee injury. And look, that's really all the extent we know right now. And we don't need to really know anything else right now. But all we know, Antonio, is unfortunately the Pelicans will start off the regular season without Zion.
0: Okay, let, let me tell you. This is what always gets me when news is broken about a player being injured. Why all of a sudden, when this news is broken, does everybody on social media become a doctor or a nutritionist?
1: It's a great question. Why
0: does that happen? Like, it's everybody on social media is now is saying, why did the injury happen? Oh, well, you know, he, man, quit it. Quit it. None of us are doctors. None of us are nutritionists like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? The fact of the matter is, injuries happen. It's a part of sports. It's something that you deal with. It's something that you don't want as an analyst. It's something you don't want as a fan of the game. It's something you don't want as a teammate. But you also know and understand that it's a part of sports.
1: Do you think we should start commenting on lawyer stuff since you know we kind of had the podcast of Daniel and Daniels, you know, to make up for this injury talk?
0: I guess so. I guess if you're on social media, you're an expert in everything. Right. So, whatever you want to talk about, I'm an expert in and let's 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 do this. Let's talk about lawyer stuff.
1: Well, I know you're an expert at basketball, so we're going to stick with that for right now, <laughs> but it is funny that you talk about that. I mean, even the questions that during practice or when it happened, how it happened. Look, none of that really needs to matter right now. The only thing the Pelicans have to worry about is playing without Zion Williamson and now Antonio, we've been talking about this depth throughout the whole preseason. Now we're going to see what that depth is made of, starting with tonight's game against New York.
0: It is, and we've been saying from day one, you and I obviously talking away from, from this about how deep this team is. You realistically have 12 guys that you can make an argument that are rotation ready, which means Coach Alvin Gentry can put them out there for 15 to 20 minutes and know what he's going to get out of those guys. And this is why depth is important, because it is no longer a badge of honor. To play 82 games. Guys aren't playing 82 games anymore. And I'm not talking about in this particular situation. I'm talking about in general. It's unfortunate that Zion got injured this early, but this is also a part of the process throughout the course of an NBA season. It happens. Guys get injured. This is why if you aren't, you aren't playing, you always need to stay ready. Because there's a saying, you know what? If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And in this league, you must stay ready because you never know when your opportunity is going to come.
1: All right, so who uh, will we need? Who needs to be ready now for the Pelicans as far as some of those big men that will have to step up uh, in response to Zion's injury?
0: Well, I think one of the great things about this team that Alvin Gentry has going for him is versatility. And why that's important is because depending on who you're playing any given night, you can match up to that team. So if need be, you can play big. You can play with Derek Favors at the five and Melly at the four, work your way down. Or you can go to a more conventional today's NBA sort of uh, lineup with Derek Favors at the five and Brandon Ingram at the four. You know, so you when you have versatility of different lineups, you can throw out there and play really, really fast or really, really slow, pound it inside, work it. Like it, it, it's a, it's a luxury to have that not all 30 teams can say. You know what we have the versatility and the way this roster is constructed. We can play really fast, really slow, really big, or really small.
1: I'll be curious to see where Nicole O'Malley and guys like Ken Rich Williams factor into this, because I feel Okafer. like th- those are the guys that are really going to have to step up for this team.
0: Right, and and those guys have played well this entire preseason, you know, di- in different ways from what they do well. You know what you're going to get out of Kate Rich, or Kenny Hustle, as they call him. You know exactly what you're going to get out of him. He's going to go out there, and he's going to bust his tail on every – play. Jaleel Oglefor, very skilled on the box. You can go to him on that box. More of a throwback, um, traditional five. And then Melly gives this team something completely different. He can space the floor. He can put the ball on the floor. Um, But what you get from all three guys, Melly can shoot it. Uh, Jaleel Oglefor in that box. Uh, K. Rich with his hustle and his heart and his enthusiasm and, and his passion. All of those guys have high basketball IQs.
1: Another guy with high basketball IQ is J.J. Reddick, which we'll actually see in the starting lineup tonight for head coach Alvin Gensher. He didn't really say who's going to start in place of Zion. He did say J.J. Reddick will start, and no, he will not start at the four in place of Zion (laughs) Williamson. But uh, J.J., because he's a vet, really hasn't played a lot in the preseason, but I'm excited to see what he has tonight.
0: As am I. As am I. Um, And like you said, if he's going to be in that starting lineup tonight, now what you have is now this juggles things around a little bit. So we talked about the ability to play – Big or the versatility to play small and fast. So now, basically, if you're coach Alvin Gentry, what you're doing, is you're starting three guards. You're starting three guards, really four, Brandon Ingram, at the four. He's just long, linky, and athletic. And in today's NBA, you can put him at that four spot and play him as a stretch four, almost a four out and one in type of situation. But J.J. Reddick, like you said, he's been to the playoffs 13 straight years. So I want to see what he's like in this system. I want to see what he's like with this pace where you have Drew Holiday pushing in, Lonzo Ball pushing in, guys that are willing to facilitate and look for him. Um, Because no matter how JJ's shooting the ball, this is the thing that people don't understand sometimes. No matter how he's shooting the ball, you always have to respect him and his presence on the floor, what he can bring to the table. You can't say that about everybody. I tell you what, any team that you play against, they will scheme for J.J. Redick and his ability to stretch the floor.
1: When you're looking at tonight's game, obviously we were looking at tonight's game as far as what to watch for, maybe for potentially how Alvin's rotations are going to look. And know he's said this to us the last couple of days that I don't think he still even knows what those rotations right. are like. So with uh, everything that's happened today, um, last preseason game, what can we look for tonight? Because I feel like it's not going to be what we thought it was going to be for game number five of the preseason.
0: Right. And, and that's the thing. It's not going to be what we thought it was going to be because with without Zion being in there, obviously that changes things. But um, if you're Coach Alvin Gentry, the one thing that that you can kind of rest easy on is knowing that at least it's a couple weeks. You know, so now you can set your rotation right now for at least the next few weeks. And usually the last preseason game, you kind of use it as dress rehearsal for next week against Toronto and next week against Dallas and Houston. So... This may be some of the lineup um, that you start to see, depending, matchup pending, obviously, but also the rotations. That's the thing, is the rotations. And guys have played extremely well. I've said from day one, Coach Alvin Gentry has a conundrum on his hands. When you have guys realistically in that backcourt that are playing and deserving of minutes, there's only 48 minutes in the game. You know, you have an all-star in the backcourt in Drew Holiday. You have a knockdown shooter in the backcourt in J.J. Reddick. You have a young, promising point guard in Lonzo Ball. So that's where you're starting. But then you still have Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and we've all seen what he's done and what he's shown. You have Josh Hart. You have Etwan Moore. You have Frank Jackson, who's played extremely well in the preseason as well. So um, it's a luxury And there's also an issue at the same time to have so many guys playing well at the same time in so many different directions that you can go in that
1: backcourt. Since we're going to play lawyers today on the podcast of Daniel Daniels, I want you to kind of give an opening statement or maybe this might be a closing statement, but I want you to give fans a little bit of uh, a reason why this, no one should panic right now. We were talking about this on the way down the elevator, as far as getting off the slow starts that teams have had to end up making the playoffs Why should fans not panic right now with this news?
0: Honestly, I I tend to speak from a player's perspective, obviously. But panic over what? You know, I'm going to repeat the words of of Alvin Gentry.
1: Zion's not dead. He's not. We can't confirm.
0: Right. He is not. Yeah, we can (laughs) confirm that. Like, it's, um, it's a setback. It's a temporary setback. And there is no team that you can think of whose season was made or broken in two to three weeks. It doesn't happen. The NBA season is long. It is a long season. It starts in the middle of October and ends at the middle of April. It doesn't start at the middle of October and end at the middle of November. So there's there's time. There's time for Zion to get back healthy. And when he does get back healthy, there's obviously time for him to get back with this team and for this team to make a lot of noise.
1: And Exhibit A would also be the Houston Rockets from last year. We're talking right. about their slow start, and they end up making the playoffs um, as well. So, you know, you just you just never know.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing about this team, though, um, even without Zion, they're going to play really, really hard. They are going to put themselves in a position to win games that a lot of quote-unquote experts has have written them off because Zion is not there. I can promise you that.
1: Let's talk about um, this GM survey a little bit. Because uh, there was something that came out yesterday while we were on the plane, and I me and you were chatting about it. Um, and there were some things that really caught my eye. There were some things that caught your eye. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of Pelicans involved in this GM survey. Zion, Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. One of the most athletic guys with Zion, too. But the one that caught your eye that we I think we should talk about first is best perimeter defender in the NBA. And I think you were not pleased with how that result went for the GM.
0: I, I wasn't. And, and here's my thing. I have worked... Um, and covered the Oklahoma City Thunder for the last four years. So this isn't a biased statement because I have said this numerous times, whether it's on SiriusXM, whether it's when I was working with the Thunder, whatever it may be. I think Drew Holiday is the best perimeter defender in the league. I really do. And the fact that – and he's on the honorable mention list, which to me is a smack in the face to Drew Holiday. Mm -hmm. Is a smack in the face because he is a flat-out lockdown defender. You don't have to help him much. He does an excellent job in today's NBA, which is really hard to do, to keep a guy in front of you without fouling. Doesn't need a lot of help on screens, does an excellent job fighting over screens, understands skill sets, understands angles, understands strengths and weaknesses, and he still doesn't get the credit that he deserves on the defensive side of the ball.
1: So for those that haven't seen it, it is Who's Best Perimeter Defender in the NBA? And look, all the GMs vote anom- anonymously, and John Schumann writes about NBA. on NBA.com. 59% voted for Kawhi Leonard. He's number one. And Paul George, his running mate with the Clippers, now at number two at 21%, also receiving votes. Drew Holiday's on there, along with Giannis Tedekumbo, uh, Jimmy Butler, LeBron James, Clay Thompson. So that's what, as far as the honorable mentions go, that's where Drew Holiday lies. Um, another one that stuck out to me and I don't know if this was based on them watching some preseason or summer league, but best steal in the draft belongs to Nikhil Alexander-Walker at 17, 32%. Right. And I completely agree. I'm just wondering if people noticed that right away or... Well,
0: right, because I will guarantee you if that... I don't know. That, that's hard to say because um, when he was taken, there was a lot of buzz around him. You know, and I hadn't seen him play a whole lot in college. But when I saw him play in the summer league, you know, it raises your eyebrows. You know, um, it's like, wow. You know, like this young man can really, really play. It's like, all right, but you know what? He has to carry that over to training camp. Then we're there every day and we're watching training camp. It's like, wow, this young man can really play. But now he has to carry that over to um, to preseason games. Then he carries it over to preseason games. It's like, wow, Nikhil Alexander-Walker can go. Now he has to carry it over to the regular season. So I don't think it's a surprise for anybody that he was a steal of the draft going that late because the ceiling and the potential that he's showing right now, man, I I don't like to put this kind of pressure on, on young players. But what has impressed me the most about him is the confidence that he has. And I'm just not just talking about on the basketball floor. I'm talking about the way that he carries himself. He has a humble confidence about him. And been interviewing him a couple to, a couple times. He's ex- incredibly humble and really quiet. But it's a quiet confidence that he exudes. That you know, th- look at the the scrimmage night. You know, when all the other rookies are out there and they're kind of nervous about being in front of ten thousand people and singing, and he belted it out, yeah. making my way downtown, Crushed walking it. fast, <laughs> like he was really confident. And David Griffin told me, and I stand by what Griff said. Nikhil Alexander Walker believes in Nikhil Alexander Walker's self and his skill set. And you can see that every time he steps on the floor, there's no moment that's too big for him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he's just he's talked about how grateful he goes, if I don't play a single minute, right. I still know that, you know, I'm grateful to be in this position. One of our walk off interviews he mentioned the won't bow down motto, and it's just like you don't think this guy is a rookie, but he seems really poised and polished and polished for being out there at such a young age. Uh, we were in Madison Square going for a shoot-around this morning. One, the bus ride. Uh, can we just start with, I don't know how anyone drives a bus, let alone a car in the city, because I was terrified of the ride. And just because, how do you do in these streets? Listen, ma'am,
0: I, I'm, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. There are a lot of hip-hop songs and a lot of rap songs that say New York is a state of mind. I get it. I get it. Yesterday, I went to the Sirius XM Studios, Two and a half miles, 37 minutes in the car. I even asked the Uber driver, like, how do you, how is this what you do?
1: Right.
0: Like your job is to drive a car around in Manhattan, in New York city. Every single day, I would pull my hair out. I would go crazy. I, I, for me, I'm with you. I don't see how anybody drives a car, let alone a bus. A bus, something of that size to maneuver in and out of traffic and slamming on your horn and cutting people off and people walking across the street. It is just constant chaos. It's a state of mind for sure.
1: It definitely is a state of mind. And once we got into Madison Square Garden, you mentioned the memories that kind of ah. overcame you a little bit. And we'll go back to 1999 with the San Antonio Spurs. And so, what did you start thinking about when you walked onto that floor? Um, this is where you won a championship. Yeah,
0: it was crazy to kind of go back out there. Obviously, I've been back since right. and played there since, but um, just to kind of walk in that gym when no one else is in there. You know, the, the team, they meet in the locker room prior to and, and talk about shoot around and, and go over the scouting report and so on and so forth. So just kind of to walk out there with you guys when there's no one in the seats and just see the Madison Square Garden and understand where you are, the mecca, and to actually have, at that point, gone through one of the best and most memorable times in my basketball career of winning the NBA championship there in nineteen ninety nine with the San Antonio Spurs. It's just you know, you never forget it.
1: Right. So we're gonna the Pelicans are gonna have the chance to watch the Toronto Raptors banner go down on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get their rings. Most of the players, the ones that are not there will get theirs when they arrive back. Um I don't know how many ring ceremonies you've been a part of as the opposing team. Mm-hmm. If you have been one I'd like to hear what your thoughts are going through whenever this is happening, but what do you expect some of these players, what goes through their minds or does anything go through their minds when all this, not distraction, but this ceremony is happening before right. you're playing your first game of the regular season? It's different.
0: It, it is It's different because it throws everything off. As a professional athlete, you are a creature of habit. So there are things that you go through. You go through your routine from the day-to-day starts. Get up, go to shoot around, come back, eat, take a nap, get up. You know, you, you, you are setting your ways. This kind of throws things off. I tell you this. The ring night is the best night to steal one. It's the best night to steal one because the team that is accepting the rings and watching the banner um, be unveiled, like, they're vulnerable. They're vulnerable. Their mind is everywhere else except on you guys. That's why a lot of times on ring night, you've seen championship teams the year before get blown out. Because they're not as focused. So if you're the New Orleans Pelicans coming in next week, you need to realize, like, this is a great opportunity without Zion to go in and steal one in Toronto.
1: Yeah, I think I saw a stat. I think it might be seven of the last ten ring ceremonies the away team has won. So it definitely helps the Pelicans as far as that, I guess, distraction for them knowing that that's all they're thinking about Mm -hmm. heading into that one. Antonio, I appreciate the good stuff. Look, we're going to involve Antonio with Twitter questions as we get going here. Um, the podcast of Daniel and Daniels will be all season long. <laughs> this is a great start to it. I know we had a kind of Cliff Notes version before open practice, but I'm excited to get things going, my friend.
0: As am I. And, and my thing to the fans, send in some good questions. Yeah. Send in some good questions. You know, we, we are both very fun, humorous guys. We like to have fun. Send in questions, and we can have fun with this all year. Definitely looking forward to it, though,
1: Daniel. All right. As this podcast was presented by SeatGeek, trying to find tickets to basketball games or any other live event can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites And shady pricing with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple of taps. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase in the SeatGeek app. Use the code GOPELS at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. So tonight, TNT, 7 o'clock Central. If you want to watch it on television, of course, we encourage you, at least I will, to listen on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. Todd Graff and I will have the call at 7. I'll have Pelicans warm up for you starting at 6.30. Again, no Zion Williams in the night. J.J. Reddick will get the start and it should be a fun game here at Madison Square Garden. For Antonio Daniels, I'm Daniel Salardson. Thanks for listening to the podcast Pelicans Podcast. Have a great weekend.